Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Kat Caroy, and we're going to explore Instagram visual design. If you don't think you have what it takes to create amazing visuals on Instagram, guess what? This is the episode for you because anybody can do it. And we're going to learn all about it today in this interview. And if you want to reach me, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Also, if you're new to the podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode. Here's Michael's tip of the week. This week's tip is specifically valuable for anyone who sells products or services. We have extensively split tests what I'm about to share with you, and we have found a material impact on sales when we add this one little section below the price. So if you have a product and you have a price on it, what you want to do is right below the price, you want to add the words, here's what your peers say, or here's what your peers think, and literally take some of the quotes, maybe three or four quotes, and try to keep them limited to maybe 15 words and just list those quotes one after the other. And don't just put the quotes in there, but highlight the best parts of the quote by bolding it. This will make you more money. Why does this work? Because as people are considering to purchase whatever it is you have to sell, this is known as social proof. This provides just a little bit of extra data to get those people that are on the edge over the edge. Give it a shot. Let me know if it works for you. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com. 
com and join today. Let's now transition over to this week's brand new interview. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Kat Karoy. If you don't know who Kat is, you need to know who she is. She's a designer who teaches small business owners to look amazing on Instagram. She creates mini masterclasses on her IGTV channel, and her course is called Instagram Makeover. Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So today, Kat and I are going to explore how to improve your design on Instagram. Now, before we go there, Kat, I'd love to hear your story. How'd you get into design? And ultimately, how'd you get into design stuff on Instagram? Start wherever you want to start. Thank you. Yeah, well, it all started in London. You know, I became a a brander and a designer working in the best agencies in London. For 20 years, I've been doing that. Hmm. Working for like Nike and Coke and any big brands that you could possibly think of. And every kind of niche you could think of. I think I've worked on, I don't know, you name it. I've worked on it like from everything from dog food to trainers to architects. What were you doing for some of those bigger brands? What kind of design work were you doing? All sorts of stuff. But I was doing a lot of packaging as well for like FMCG packaging as well. And I was doing logos and I would often get called in to do the concept work for brands. So I would just, you know, be asked to just come and do the concept stuff as well quite a lot. Explain what that is for people that don't have a design background. What does that mean? Concept work? Well, that just means, you know, at the beginning of a project, you've got to get a really clear understanding of kind of what direction you want to go in and come up with really creative ideas of what you can do. So that was me. I used to come in and think of all the creative ideas and get the kind of the project off to the best start, find out the core of what they were trying to do. And then the the designers could kind of take it over and implement it across everything. Sweet. That would be me. Yes. And then I got kind of a bit fed up after you know, 20 years of doing that, of being told what to do. So I set up my own design agency because I lived in Australia for a little bit and I had my own design agency over there where I got to work on smaller brands, which was really fun. You know, people like organic coffee producers and people that are doing really lovely, lovely things over there. So that was really cool. And then how I got into Instagram was that friends kept asking me if I could, because they knew I had all the branding and design experience, if I could do their Instagram feeds for them. So I helped them do it. And they just started taking off on Instagram. And it wasn't that, see, what I'm talking about is I'm not talking about creating just a pretty Instagram thing or something that just looks good. It's like doing what the big brands do, which is getting the soul of the person or the soul of the business and putting that visually, that is when it all takes off, when people can feel like the big brands, they know how to get people to feel something Hmm. when they see all their stuff. So it's kind of taking it one step deeper And, you know, I'm talking about creating an Instagram account for somebody, some of my friends, and they would see it and they would literally cry or they would go, oh, my God, that is so me. It's when you feel it's so you and it's just expressing you so well. That is when all the right energy comes out of your account and that it all starts to work really well. So that's kind of how I got into it in the first place. Now, how long have you been off on your own as this Instagram focused thing that you're doing right now? Actually, I've been doing this about three years now. Yeah, just full-time, just Instagram, teaching Instagram, yeah. So what are you doing today? Tell everybody more about like what, like what are you, in the beginning you were doing it for your friends and for maybe some clients, but what about today? What are you doing specifically today? Well, today I have a course that I teach where I teach basically people to find their brand soul essence, I call it, and then entrepreneurs and small businesses, and then how to express that visually. So it's a bit like a mini 
kind of design course and a business course and a marketing course just all in one. And I've got like 11,000 students. It's probably two and a half years ago, actually, that I launched this version of my course. And I've had 11,000 students, actually nearly 12,000 now through in that time. So it's just kind of exploded, really. It's been amazing. Do you need to be a designer to be able to learn these things? Oh, no, not at all. No, no, no. See, I believe everybody is creative. Everybody can do these things. You just need to learn some skills, learn what to do. And everybody, when they have the right training, can learn to do it. Because a lot of people think, oh, I'm not creative. I can't, you know, I'm not a designer. But it's just knowledge. It's just knowing what to do. I don't think people are born creative. I think they just need to nurture that in them. And everyone's got a creative side. Everyone can learn. There's just rules to design. You know, it's things you have to follow. And once you know the rules, you can follow it. I love this. So what I'm hearing from your story is a lot of the biggest brands in the world were using you or the agency you worked for, right, to in collaboration with you to create products that would move people to buy the products, right, and create that kind of emotional response. And you took all those decades of experience and applied it to Instagram and really saw it taking off. And now you're teaching others how to do it, which is a great transition to my next question, which is why should marketers who are mostly the people listening to this podcast and some entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. why should they care about design when it comes to Instagram? Like, what is it they need to understand about design? Design is so, so, so important. Now, you've only got three seconds to capture someone's attention on Instagram. I mean, that is all the time that you have. If you don't capture their attention, there's so much saturation out there. And if you don't capture their attention in three seconds, they're just going to move on to the next thing. There's so much content flying about on Instagram. You've got to, got to capture them. And like I said earlier, it's not just having a pretty feed. I'm talking about a deep pretty, I call it. It's like, it's got to be deeply, it's got to be expressing the soul of the business and really the energy of the business as well. So, you know, in the old days, you could just get onto Instagram, you could post a few things and people would follow you and everything. But now you have to do more than that. And you might see some really, really huge accounts that don't bother making everything look good. And that's fine because they've got millions of followers they don't even need to. Even though I would say if they did make it look good, it would it would be even better for them. But if you're just starting out or you're growing your following, it's just so important to make it because people, humans are like crows, right? We just love shiny, pretty things. We just love things that look good. It's just (laughs) natural thing. It's a natural thing. We're wired like that in our brains. It's like, if we see something that looks good and that appeals to us, it's just like, wow, we want to know more. We want to scroll. We want to look at the posts. We want to find out more. We want to look at this content. That is just how human brains are wired. I mean, it's like going on a first date, really being on Instagram. If you have people just coming to your account and then they just see a mishmash there. I mean, if you went on a first date with somebody, you wouldn't turn up with your hair all a mess, like you just got out of bed, you know, and no makeup or whatever. You just, you would make an effort, wouldn't you? And it's like that with your Instagram account. You've got to make that first impression. So what I'm hearing you say is that you've only got three seconds, but then the logical next question I ask is what can you achieve in three seconds? And I think you kind of touched on it, right? If you can stop the scroll, that's the goal. I mean, that rhymes. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> I like that. That's really good. <laughs> Quick, that's an Instagram quote. Quick, write it down. <laughs> but, um, you know, what can happen once you stop the scroll? Like, talk a little bit more about why there's an advantage to that. Actually, it's a good question. What can happen in three seconds? Well, so much. Can, I mean, really, that's why Instagram is so brilliant, I think, because you look at your little Instagram profile there, right? You've got your, your profile picture. You've got your bio that somebody can read about. They've got all those 
say nine images at the top that they can see easily. Mm-hmm. And in that, you can kind of create a brand presentation of what the brand is all about. And people can, it's not only the fonts and the words that you're using, the colors, the images, getting all that right, but it's also what you believe and this kind of the energy of what you believe and the images that you choose, everything, it forms an overall tone and that can deeply impact someone in three seconds. So it's not just about, oh, I saw a color I liked in three seconds. Or it's the, the kind of the whole, all these things coming together as a whole creates this deep impact that can literally touch people and move them, you know, and give them, make them feel emotional about it. And they resonate with it. So the magic thing is that you're actually resonating with people who are your people. Right. The brand is pulling in magnetically without having to do any manipulation or anything. They're just magnetically pulling in the right people to them just because of the way, but not, you know, just because of the way it looks and the energy that's in the actual Instagram account. That's why I think Instagram is so powerful because you don't have to scroll too far to see so much about a, about a business on Instagram. You know, I kind of am using the metaphor of walking through a mall, right? Which who knows in COVID if they're ever going to return, but the idea that you're walking down and you see all these storefronts, right? And the idea is that in seconds, you're going to make a decision to click metaphorically and go into the front door, right? And once you go into the front door, you might look around a little bit and say, is this for me or is this not for me? And then you decide to stay or you decide to go, right? And that's kind of like maybe what you're talking about, right? Because if they see the image, they might click on your profile and if they click on your profile, they're going to make a quick judgment based on everything else they see to decide whether you are for them. And what could follow is what could happen next is they could follow you. They could message you. They could share your information. They could consume your IGTV videos. They could buy your products, dot, dot, dot. Right. So that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. Am I close? Exactly. And I totally agree with you <laughs> because I tell my students as well, it's like, you've got to imagine that you are, a sh- say we're in London, we're in a big city, Instagram's the big city and we're in London and we're a shop, right? Our Instagram account is our shop, but you're not on the high street yet. You're not a big account. You're not on the high street. You're down a back street in London mm. and you're a shop. So the first thing you've got to do is make your shop look good. If it looks rubbish, no one's going to come into your shop and browse around and look at your content. And if it looks good, but you've still got to do the other things, you've still got to get traffic there. You've still got to get people to know that you're here. You've got to be make connections and relationships on Instagram, which is the other thing that it's all about as well. It's, it's looking good and having the soul in it, but it's also making those connections. But you're right. If somebody comes there and sees it and they resonate with how it looks and how it feels, and then they want to read some content and get to, they're getting to know you and they get, they're really going to stay and get to know you. And that's when you're going to form those relationships. I know I do this horribly bad. So I'm I'm in learning mode right now. <laughs> so let's ask this next question. Where do we start when it comes to, you know, the things that we're talking about? So let's assume there's people out there just like me who know that their Instagram account looks ridiculously horrible. Um, where in the world do we start? <laughs> right. Well, it's a big question, but right, let's think about right. First of all, well, the first thing is acknowledging, do you need to change your Instagram account? Like when you look at your Instagram account, the biggest mistake I see a lot of people doing is they don't have a clear message as well with their account. Like if somebody comes there, remember you've only got three seconds, is somebody gonna understand what you do for a start, let alone that it looks good? Like, do they understand what business you have? Or are you doing like 20 different things? And people just are so confused, they don't even know why they should pay attention to you at all. So have you got a clear message? And also a lot of people tend to mix a lot of personal and business things on their accounts as well, which can be send a confusing message as well. 
And, and I think you should get to the point with it where you look at it and you go, I love this. Like, are you at the point, honestly, when you look at your Instagram and you think, I really love this. It's just so me. It looks great. Or the company that you're working for, you know, is this really the company? Do I fit? Does everyone feel good about this? Because that is so important because I have seen my students, businesses completely change when they get to that point, when they get to everything and they feel so, they just love it because they they feel so happy about the, what they're doing. And even the way you write captions and the way you do videos, everything changes when you're proud of how you look out there and when you feel it really represents you. You know, everything goes up a level and then you're able to make more and more connections with people. So when you say we need a clear message, well, do you mean the written words in the bio? When you say message, do you mean a visual message? Like elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean all of it, really. I mean, you need a clear visual message. You just basically, you first of all, you've got to get clear about what you're doing. Then, uh, then everything else comes from there. So I call it discovering your brand soul essence. And everybody has one of these. Every business has one of those. And as I said before, it's not just your colors and your fonts and your images. It's what you believe. It's what does the company believe? And a lot of my students come to me and they say, well, I don't have a brand soul essence. You know, I don't, but you, everybody does. And it's just asking those questions like, why are we doing this? What's the deep reason? Like, come, but people don't start businesses for just no reason. Most entrepreneurs and businesses, they, they're doing it because they're passionate about something. That's how it started. It's because they want to help people. Or they, there's something deep, a deep message behind what they're doing. So it's just trying to tease that out of yourself and find out what is the thing that makes you special? What's the thing that makes you special from all the other companies that do what you do? When my students struggle with that, I get them, I say to them, okay, if they're having trouble thinking about it, I say, just pretend you're having a cup of tea with me now. And you're just telling me, and I'm a dear friend, and you're just saying, you're just asking, and I'm going to ask you, right, why did you start this business? Why are you doing what you're doing? Just tell me, you know, just relax about it. Because I think sometimes people try to write a mission statement, which this isn't. You, it's not a mission statement because a mission statement is a very carefully worded thing that is just going to be put on the website or something very public. A brand soul essence statement is just something for you to know the absolute passion and energy in what you're doing so that you can understand your real deep meanings while you're doing what you're doing. And then you can then put that onto everything you do once you understand that. So like, for example, I had a lady that came to me and she was selling mugs that she was doing designs on and she said I don't have a brand soul essence I'm just selling mugs and then I and I was taught to her a bit a bit about it a bit more and more and eventually I said she said what well, I said well why are you doing this she goes well I like making people feel good when they're having a cup you know a moment in there and we boiled it down and it came to it was because she wanted people to have special moments in the day like take them out of them routine and give them special happy moments in the day because they were all positive the things she had on the mug ah, okay. so it was about that so it's, it's not just a company it's not just selling mugs it's special happy moments through the day that is what all her marketing and everything she talks about should be about you know so everybody's got that even something like mugs you wouldn't think she would have yeah but everyone's got one interesting so what i'm hearing you say is for anybody that's listening right now, ask yourself, why do we do what we do as a company, not just on our Instagram account, but as a company, right? What moves us, what makes us like, if we take the mug example, I just sell mugs, right? So that's, I think what most people are thinking right now, right? But then you say, well, why do you sell the mugs? Why did you start this business in the first place, right? Who are you serving and what are you trying to do, right? So if she's creating special moments throughout the day, I would imagine you could take it even further for a certain audience, right? Maybe special moments throughout the day for 
um, busy moms, for example, right? And then all of a sudden you can begin to imagine what kind of visuals those might look like. I don't know. I'm just paraphrasing what I'm hearing you say. Am I heading in the right direction? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Any company can do it. It's just getting to that deep core why. And why, what's the real reason people buy from you? Like people don't buy just because they do want to have, because, you know, when you've got a mug of coffee or something sitting there, you do look, people like to have nice, you know, it is a little moment. It's true, isn't it? It's actually, so we're not just making stuff up. We're not making these things up to have marketing stuff that we're just going to, you know, it's got to be real and it's got to be true. And it's got to be, you know, exactly why people do really deeply buy things and what you passionately feel about it. What if you're in the business of not selling physical things, but you're selling information or knowledge? Like how would you approach it from that perspective or services? Yeah, exactly. Well, the same thing works. I mean, I had one of my students recently, she'd been in business for 20 years and she's a coach. And she, she said, her business has completely changed now because she's figured out her brand soul lesson. She's figured out her deep message of what she's about. And she's all about empowerment, empowering people now. She knew she was a little bit about that, but she's gone deeper with it. She's found out it's about empowering. It's about inspiration. It's about lifting people up. You know, it's like me. I'm an Instagram teacher. It's a service as well, but I'm more about inspiration and confidence. I try to inspire people with confidence and everything. So there's lots of deep things that I do. And that's what my brand soul is essence is. That's what differentiates me from other people, you know, because I'm not just talking about Instagram tips and tricks and stuff. I, I, there's a deeper thing behind it. So, so it. for a service, it's just the same. For services, I think if, even more, it's easier to think of a brand soul essence for it because usually people have a service-based business because they want to assist somebody. They want to, you know, spread that light out into the world and they want to help people. So I think it's even easier for that. Perfect. So let's say we've gone through this and we've determined you know, special happy moments throughout the day, for example, with the mug example, right? That's what my message is that I want to convey. How do we now take that and begin to translate that visually into our Instagram account? Yeah, good question. Well, (laughs) yeah, what do we do with this brand sort lesson? Yeah, well, um, you know, first of all, we've got to obviously know who we're talking to. You know, it's like, who's our audience going to be as well? So we need to be aware of that too. So for her, she felt that she she wanted to make it all positive and light and bright. So she decided she was going to use a lot of whites and in all her photography. And she decided uh, she was have found certain modern scripts and fonts that she was going to use. So she chose the fonts based on her brand soul essence. She chose the colors that was going to work for her for the brand soul essence. And also once she knew that, she knew what kind of photography she needed to do. She knew what filtering to do on the photography because she wanted to make it fit with that feeling that she was trying to get overall. Mm. So you mentioned fonts, colors. Talk a little bit about fonts and colors because a lot of people that maybe don't have a design background don't understand how the choice of a font and color can have a big impact on visuals. Yeah, definitely. Well, say for example, it's really obvious, but if I had a really a bright feed that was all bright, bright colors, say it was primary colors. And I, like, you know what I mean when I say primary colors, I mean- Yeah, like red, green, know, black. I mean, Yeah, exactly. Blue. Like yeah. Th- those real, real bold, bright colors. If I was, say I was a coach that was- for women. And I was, you know, more of an empowerment coach. And I was using primary colors, which are more things that you might see on a children's book, Mm. you know, so there's a disconnect there because it doesn't look the colors because colors kind of have personalities of their own. So it's kind of choosing. But when you're designing your Instagram feed, it's not just choosing colors that you think your audience will like. It's got to be colors that I have this thing called the brand color blueprint that I take my students through. It's got to be the middle of 
the colors that you like, because as I said, you've got to be in love with your feed. You've got the company that you work for or whatever has got to love it, the look of it. So it's got to be what you like, what you think the customers will like, and also what, what, what expresses the brand soul essence. So it has to be kind of in the middle of all those things. And I mean, there's, we could spend a whole hour talking about color psychology and the meaning of colors and things like that. But colors do mean have an effect on people when they see it. So when you say select the colors, a lot of people are wondering, how does that impact us when you're taking pictures and you don't have a lot of control over the colors? Does that mean you're going to put props in there that match those colors? Or are we talking more like solid backgrounds with text on it? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, there's so many ways you can use your colors. And that's a good question. Yeah. So um, say I was a health coach. I just had a health coach student through and she was really into yellow. So she wore yellow clothes while she was taking her pictures mm. against like a white wall. She was wearing yellow and then she had yellow props. She might have a yellow plate that she might use. I mean, you don't have to use yellow in everything, you know, but she it was just a theme that she had running through. And so she had she used a lot of yellow props and things like that in photos, which is true. And also you've got your quotes. If you're a coach, you're going to use more quotes. And if you're a product-based business, you might not use quotes, or you may do. Some people do, some people don't. But um, yeah, your quotes, you can have, you bring the colors out in those as well. And it's also the kind of the mood and the feel of the photography that you do. I mean, if you're a product-based business, you have to get your photography looking good, you know, because people are not going to buy stuff online that doesn't look really, really good. And you don't need to spend a ton of money doing it. You can do it yourself if you know what you're doing. And then you can filter it. And if you use a consistent filter over your images, it is going to create a mood and a feel, you know, that's going to, they're all going to sort of tie together and go together really well. I want to talk about fonts for a minute. What's your thoughts? Can you give us a little wisdom on the use of fonts? Because there's bazillions of fonts out there and some are easy to read, some are hard to read. Any wisdom on, on fonts at all that you can share with our audience? Well, I wish I could tell you. I mean, I've got, there's just some no-no fonts, isn't there? You know, I have a list of no-no fonts. Like the ones that are super cursive-y and really hard to read kind of things? Well, I don't, some of those are okay. It has to be legible, but there's some scripts that are okay. But not if you, if you've got a big quote that you're doing. I see a lot of my students doing that sometimes. They've got a big quote and they're doing it all in script and it's just too much. It's just way too much. So you might want to pick out the odd word in something that's scripty, you know, if that goes with your brand soul lessons, but you wouldn't want to do the whole thing. You want something simpler because you want to add space into your design because space is so important. If you just clutter it up with a load of really busy, busy fonts, it's not going to look spacious. It's not going to look clean. You know, Instagram's just released a load of fonts on stories and new fonts. I actually wasn't aware of that. I know they, they used to have like only five or something. They've got a lot more now, huh? Yeah, they, yeah, they have. And I only just got them the other day because I'm in England. But anyway, I just got, and I was horrified to see that Instagram has put this horrible, one of them is just like so bad. Anyway, I can't remember which one it is now, but it's just one of them I just don't like. But that's just me. <laughs> so let me ask you, since we're talking about fonts, Instagram on stories in particular, allows you to backfill sometimes um, a color underneath the fonts to allow it to kind of pop off the background a little bit. Do you recommend that or do you avoid that or talk to us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that thing when you have the back, but you just got to choose the right color, haven't you? But yeah, I like those things. I, I use them all the time when I'm doing stories. I like to have my type and then I like to backfill it in. And then there's a little trick that I, one of my masterclasses on my IGTV, but if you, you go to the front of the words... I don't know how this is going to work without me actually showing you it, but you go to the front of the words and you just type space, 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 okay. and you get a bar at the front of it. So you can have your type with a background. Oh, I like that. 
The yeah. background's bleeding off to the left of the image, if you see what I mean. So it looks really cool. It's almost like someone took a swash of white underneath, if it's a dark font, right? Like a thing of white underneath and then kind of put a little bit of a buffer on the left and right sides of it based on the spacing. Is that what I'm hearing you saying? It kind of creates a little... Yeah, and it means you can position it so that it's going off the edge of the page. Ah, so it bleeds off the edge. Cool. Yeah, and it looks really cool like that. So I like to do mine like that quite a lot. Excellent. There's loads of loads of cool things you can do with with a type in Instagram if you know what you're doing. Do you recommend sticking with the same font for everything or having a couple of fonts or what are your thoughts on this? I actually do think it's better to limit your fonts and not have too many because I I tend to use just like one or two fonts because I have one font that I use that for like slightly bigger words because I think it's quite nice when you come to someone's account and rather than having to go so tiny and see all the little words that they have, you can read a few words, you know, so it gives you another visual clue because I'm all about creating visual clues on the account. It gives you a visual clue of what the business is all about. And But yeah, apart from that, I stick to just one font in all my quotes. I use a lot of quotes on my account, though, because people love my quotes. So, you know, that that's the sort for my business, it works well. But it's the sort of thing you have to test. Some people find that people aren't into their quotes. They just want to see their art or they want to see whatever they're doing. You know, it just depends who you are and what business you have. So in stories, Instagram stories, they allow you to kind of, they have this create mode, which is almost like a little word processor, you know, where you can select a like a gradient colored background and put some text on it and stuff. And they make it really easy for you to create kind of like text quote graphics and Instagram stories. But I don't think they do that for the Instagram feed. And do you recommend doing that kind of stuff on the feed, like finding some software that allows you to create some sort of a template to put text inside of it? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I teach my students how to use Canva. Okay. Because it's just, that's the thing that I just think is easy for people. But I mean, there are things that you can have templates where you can just put things in, but then it's going to kind of look a bit like everyone else's stuff. I think you can learn a bit of Canva and you can learn how to do it and follow a few simple design rules. And then I'll tell you, my it's just absolutely good. You'd think they'd been doing design for like 30 years and they come up with these beautiful things. And the thing is, if you can make your own quotes that nobody's got, that it's totally, and then it's your brand. Your it's it's so unique and it looks amazing. And people, yeah. So I think it's good if you can get those skills and learn Canva, then you can make your quotes like they. People know it's your quote before they even read it because they see it. They know the color. They know you know. They know the type you use. They know the design style that you have. And these are completely unique branded quotes that you have that nobody else has. It's not because sometimes I do see people using template and that's fine. Nothing wrong with templates at all if you're busy or whatever. But I just think if you want to take it up a level, it's good to to do something nobody else has got, something unique to you. And I would imagine there's a lot more font options inside of Canva than there is probably with Instagram stories. Oh, yeah, there's lots of good. And you can always start with a template that they have in there sometimes and use the fonts if you're not sure because they go together well. And then you can just sort of dissect it and then put your own things in, you know, so you can do that. Now, when it comes to photography, are you recommending just to put photos up there with no enhancement other than maybe a filter? Or do you recommend putting things like words on top of photographs? What's your thoughts on that? I'm not a big fan. I mean, you can do it well, words on top of photos, but I quite like to have photos as photos, really beautiful, and then have words as quotes and simple because you're going to create more space in your feed design then and it's just going to flow a lot better. Obviously, you can do it. I have some students that say they might have a picture of them and then they might have some words next to it, Mm. next to them, but they've made sure that they were standing next to a very plain background when they were doing it. 
you know, so so it does work, but you have to be really, really careful if you're one of those people that takes a photo and puts words over it. You know, you might need to put some kind of um, rectangle there that's semi-transparent behind the words so that it knocks it back, as we say in design. So it's just there and then you can actually read the title. You just got to make sure everything you do is readable. Perfect. Filters. You mentioned filters earlier. Uh, are, are you specifically referring to the default filters on Instagram? Or are you referring to some third-party app filters? Talk to us a little bit about filters. Yeah, I just really love a color story. Do you know that one? And it's uh, just a really, um, you, you only need the basic ones on there. And there's loads of really good ones. You see, some students come to me and they say, I know, but I want it to look real. I don't want to use a filter. What I'm saying is, if you take a photo Nine times out of 10, it will not look as real as it does in real life, if that makes sense. Like it usually dulls it a little bit. Correct. Because the light is off or something, right? It doesn't look as good as it is. So you, even if you filter it a little bit, you're going to bring it back up to life like it actually is as amazing as it is in real life. You know, so I'd say always filter everything, even if it's just a little bit. Because if you just take a photo and put it there, you can improve it a little bit. And that, that's the thing. I'm not talking about making things look over curated and, and just unreal like that. It's like, you know, people are talking about relatability in captions and it's something I teach as well about how to be relatable and not preachy in your captions. Well, it's the same in your images. You know, you've got to have real, there's got to be real and true to you. You can't just put something so shiny up there, you know, that it, it's not real and raw and people, because that's what Instagram's all about. It's about realness and truth and connections. Talk to us a little bit about photography. I know obviously most people listening to this will have like an iPhone or some other kind of device that can take great pictures. Do you have any tips on taking good photographs, whether they be, you know, of products or ourselves? How can we improve that so that we have a better product without maybe going out and hiring a professional photographer? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. Um, if I've got lots of thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. Um, if you want to take photos of you, you know what a really good thing is? Because people get really self-conscious when they're taking photos of themselves and they just feel and they sort of freeze up and because a lot of people don't feel confident about that. But the best thing to do is get yourself a tripod and put your phone on it and then just put, you know, the 10 second timer thing on your on your camera. Yeah, yeah. And you just do that. So you press it. You're on your own. So it doesn't matter if you look like an idiot, you know, doing whatever you're doing. You just press it. And then you can just like, you know, laugh or, you know, have a little play around. And then you can go back. You can take as many as you want, like take a hundred photos if you like. All you need is one good one. You know, so don't don't think you just got to take one photo and then that's it. So I and then the more you take, the more relaxed you get and you figure out what kind of photos work for you. Some people look good when they're kind of like serious, moody shots, you know, those kind of things. Do you recommend looking at the camera or not looking at I mean, looking at the lens or not looking at the lens when you're taking those shots? I think it depends who you are. Some people can get away with not looking at the lens and kind of looking moody and that looks great. If I do that, I look like a murderer when I'm doing that. It's like, I need to, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm one of those people that's just got to look at the camera and smile, you know, and that's just me. Otherwise I look, you know, I just look terrible. So I think it's just experiment and see what works for you. But I think you want to be looking at the camera sometimes because you want to be connecting directly with people. Should you have it in selfie mode so you can kind of see where you're framing yourself Definitely, and, and yeah. talk about how close we should be and all that stuff? Well, you just want to find a really good background somewhere. So have you got a wall in your house that you can use or could you go outside? Think about your brand soul lessons. Think about your colors. It, often you can see around your neighborhood, there might be a doorway or something you could use or an old wall or something that looks really cool. Start being a 
like a scout for a shoot while you're out and about doing the shopping. Just have a look. And you'll notice things in your neighborhood and little places where you could think, oh, that would make a good shot. You know, and you could come back and do a, a shoot there. So I think you want to be fairly close up because you want most, unless you're doing fashion or something and then you want to see the full body shot. You know, there's these things like selfie sticks for lack of better words, right? And there's some really oh, good yeah. ones, the really good ones that have a little button on them that communicates with the phone and you can, and they can extend out. And I would imagine that would allow you to push the button in rapid succession and just kind of grab a bunch of shots. Do you ever recommend something like that? That would be good. Do you know what? I've never actually used one of those. I just use my good old 10 second timer. And then, I mean, in England, we have castles. So I went to the castle that's near my house and I took my tripod and my 10 second timer and I just took a load of photos there in different places, different parts around the castle. And it was, it came out really good. And I, you know, used to be really shy on camera and things like that. So I, and from doing that process, it it made me more confident to to be photographed. Do you recommend vertical or horizontal with these pictures? Well, that's a good question. I would probably go horizontal, really, because it's for Instagram. If you're doing Instagram stories, obviously, you need horizontal. I mean, sorry, vertical, not what am I saying? Yeah, you need vertical for stories, don't you? But then sometimes a horizontal, but you can crop it to square. You might get more of the background in. So I would have a play with both. But I usually do mine actually horizontal if I'm doing a shot for my feed, and I would do a vertical one if I was using it for stories. Do you recommend if you're doing it um, like horizontal landscape mode, do you recommend like switching to different sides of the camera so you've got that stuff to the side if you decide to want to put text over the top of it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Talk to us about that a little bit if you think that's valuable. Yeah, definitely. You've always got to think, you know, what am I going to be doing with this at the end of it? If, If you're going to be having type there, then you obviously need to stand at the side and leave some space. And I talk to my students about what I call, and you can't see me doing inverted commas here, but in inverted commas, space shots. Um, because even if you're the sort of person that doesn't have a lot, like use a lot of quotes and things to add space into your feed, you can take space shots, which which I mean, you can take a shot that has some space in it, you know, so you, it could be you by the wall, but you're, you're just a third over the rule of thirds, you're mm-hmm. there, and then you've got a big space next to you. So you're adding space into your feed, breathing room. It's not just all clutter and things and stuff all over your feed. What should we do with our hands? Well, yeah, this is it. I think you've just got to actually what I find good is to just try to make a shape. Oh, really? Like a heart logo or something with your hands? Oh, no, I don't mean that. I just mean with your body. Oh, like, you you know, just because otherwise people tend to just stand there with their arms by their sides upright, you know, whereas if you put your hands on your hip or you just move your legs slightly. It's just think about trying to make a a little, because it looks better in a camera. It looks better on film if you've made some kind of shape. If you go onto Pinterest and use it just as a thing for, this is what I do in the course. I teach them how to do it, but because designers use Pinterest all the time, just for inspiration. Mm -hmm. If you go onto Pinterest and you just search poses and you could just have a look on there and find so many ideas, for just poses that you could try out. And if you look at all the models that are doing it or just people that look good in photos, it's just really simple, but they just make a shape. When you say they make a shape, what do you mean with their body? They somehow make a shape? Yeah, with their body. I mean, they're not just standing straight up and, you know, just like that. They're making, they either got their arm out or they've got their legs slightly out or they're just making a shape, not just a straight line going up and down. You know, they're just, mm. that's a good trick. We bring people in studio to do a lot of videos for our YouTube channel. And afterwards, our videographer, who's also a photographer, has them make all sorts of crazy faces and has them put their hands out, point, all, just because we never know what we're going to need, you know? And he takes a bazillion shots 
And that way, once we figure out the headline, we can put like the hand could be underneath it or it could be, you know, we could, we could do a lot with it. I don't know if that's necessarily something you would recommend for people taking these shots, but like we often recommend they make crazy faces sometimes too, because we don't know exactly what we're going to do with it. Do you recommend people get silly when they're taking these pictures? Definitely. Have some fun because how you, you know, it's going to come across in the photos. If you're having fun and you're smiling and you, you know, it's going to have, you, it's really going to come across. Is it easier to take a friend with you sometimes, you know, if you're able to like a child or a spouse or something to take these shots? Oh, you mean like my husband, my private photographer that's always saying, yeah, he helps me take my pictures. I mean, like, yeah, for everyone else who's got a friend who could take the shots, would that be easier? Everybody's friends or hubbies or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever is going to, and who's on Instagram is going to definitely be their photographer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have that job. It's just, that's just how okay, it works. Good. <laughs> but, you know, for me, if I'm taking a photo, say for my Instagram feed or something for me, uh, you know, that I, it's actually, I'm staging it. I'm going, I'm finding a background that I want. I'm doing it. I prefer to do that on my own because then I can be a bit more relaxed and silly or, but if I'm out and about and I'm with who, somebody that, you know, I know I would get them to do it for me. But I would get them to take quite a few different shots. Are you always on the lookout for interesting backdrops that could be useful for? Oh, definitely. What do we want to be looking for as far as backdrops? Well, you want something that goes with your brand soul essence colors and that goes with your feed design, but you want it to be quite, it's got to have like, it depends really what you're, if you're like all about earthy things, it could be like a brick wall, like a really old wall or something or, but it wants to be quite simple. So you don't, you don't want to have, clutter coming into the shot you've got to look at the background of what you're taking and make sure is there anything that shouldn't be in there and you've got to be really on it about this stuff you can't just think oh it doesn't matter there's like the end of a car just there that's it it won't matter it will you've got to just make sure there's no distractions in the shot at all if you need to move yourself a little bit you can but you've got to make sure that you just keep it really clean and simple the background so we've got all these photographs and ideas now what do we do with it all like how do we wrap it all up to you know, create some storyline, if you will. I mean, how often should we be publishing all of these things that you're talking about? Well, actually, I mean, because it used to be sort of every day, I would recommend to people to post on Instagram. And some businesses, it does work like that. Like I have some jewelry students, people that are selling products, maybe every day is good, you know, but in general, I think for me, I post uh, like three times a week or something like that. So I, I and then I would, might release a video once a week because there's other things to do. It depends how many, how much of a team you have. You know, if you're a solopreneur, then you've got so much to do. I think the main thing is you need to be producing quality content. So it's whatever you can do while you can still make quality content. You don't want to be just churning out because if you sit there and you churn out a load of content and you churn out a load of captions, anybody that reads it is going to feel that they're going to feel that you were just bored and just doing it because you had to when they read it. They're not going to feel anything much, Hmm. you know, so it's much better to post less often and post something that you really feel and something that is great. So maybe have enough, if you're not super frequent, then maybe have enough so that when they go and they look at your feed layout, there's enough there to fill up. I don't know how many that is on a phone. I think it's nine or something like that, right? There's enough there so that they can get the brand essence of what you're trying to communicate. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Do you mean when you're starting out, you would want to have time? Yeah. Because like, think about like, let's just say that I'm all over stories, but I'm not super active in the feed. Right. I guess I would want to at least have enough to fill up the grid. Right. Oh yes. You would want, I'd say you want to have about, I mean, you can start with nine, but then you want to have at least a 15 there because then if someone scrolls a little bit, Uh, but somebody can get the feeling of you in nine posts, Perfect. but I would say go for 15 if you can, just to get going. And once you've got that, 
then you can really start to grow your account really well. This has been really, really awesome, Kat. If people want to check you out, your course, what you know, your Instagram account, where do you want to send everybody? Well, it's Kat Karoy on Instagram. So it's K-A-T-C-O-R-O-Y. And then InstagramMakeover.com to find out all about the course. Awesome. Kat Karoy, thank you again for coming on, sharing all your awesome insights and wisdom with us. It was amazing. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. So we took all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 426. And if you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button. And if you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know? You can tag me if you want on Instagram. I'm at Stelsner. Or you can just tell your friends about this podcast and why you love it. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.